0: Hello and welcome to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. This is a show that explores the landscape of the nonprofit organization, big and small, offers some incredibly helpful information and resources, and gives nonprofits a place to share ideas and get advice. I'm your host, Joe Turner. Our show is sponsored by SUCUP Strategic Solutions, offering a wide variety of services to help nonprofits maximize their impact. So let's get into solving the problems that might be plaguing your nonprofit. It's difficult, but a necessary part of conducting business at a nonprofit is the audit. Obviously, just as soon as I've said the word, you're starting to get a little nervous. But on today's show, we're going to take the nerves out of it. We're going to get you prepared for your audit or your next audit. And if you're prepared, You should be okay. At least that's what our guest is going to talk about. Today with us is Amy Cooper. She's a CPA with Clifton Larson Allen, has more than 30 years of experience in audit, accounting, and tax services. She primarily serves nonprofit organizations, condominium, homeowner associations, independent schools, small businesses, and individuals. Very busy lady. And she's going to help us remain calm. Plan ahead. Amy, right? (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Remain calm, right, Amy? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So what is it about an audit, first of all, that's sometimes stressful for nonprofits?
1: Well, I think a lot of people feel like the auditor is an antagonistic relationship, and that is not the way that we approach things, and I think most auditors approach things. We're really more there to help you, help the organizations to make sure that their accounting is correct. And I think a lot of people forget that nonprofit accounting is very complicated. And to have an adequate accounting staff is very important for an organization.
0: So let's talk about an audit. What actually, I mean, kind of walk us through what happens.
1: Sure. We do a lot of planning in the beginning of the audit and discussions with management. So there's a lot of what we call risk assessment. So we look at the financial statements and look where there might be risks and determine what procedures are going to be done based on that. So the auditor will typically give request listing of things that they want to look at, include the gamut. And in the first year of the audit, it's a lot more extensive than subsequent years because a lot of it is the kind of what we call a permanent file gathering of information, articles of incorporation, the IRS determination letter, those kinds of things. And then also it could be as detailed as bank statements for the end of the year, bank reconciliations. It'll go through the the whole financial statement and ask for things. But that's not all there is because what happens after we gather all that information, then we start doing our test work. So there'll be additional items that are requested as well. Once all of that gets gathered together and we do all of the procedures, then in the financial statements are drafted. They're given back to the client to review, meet with the board if we need to, that kind of thing to wrap it up.
0: A lot of, a lot involved, obviously. So why does my nonprofit need an audit? Can we conduct a business without one?
1: You can, you can. And there are times when I might get a newer organization or a smaller organization and will say, I don't think you really need an audit yet. You're not quite of the size that you need it. And when an organization needs it, it's usually either because they're applying for a grant and the grant needs to have the audit with it, or donors are asking for it, or it's important for maybe Charity Navigator or GuideStar to get the rating up on the organization because having an audit definitely helps with that.
0: Since our show is heard all over the world, are the audit requirements the same in all 50 states, or does it differ state by state?
1: It can differ state by state. For example, in Florida, to do your charitable registration, they have some rules regarding audit, but if you provide your 990, then you don't necessarily need an audit. So there's not a specific statutory requirement in Florida.
0: Okay, so my nonprofit, let's say they're going to do an audit. What are some of the key things that a nonprofit should be looking for when choosing an auditing firm?
1: You know, that's an interesting question. And there's a lot of things that you want to look for because there are a lot of firms of various sizes in every community. And I think the primary thing for a nonprofit to look for is an auditor that has nonprofit experience. Like I mentioned before, it's very complicated accounting in a lot of instances, and you definitely want someone that has experience with it. Now, what you're going to find, depending on the makeup of your board, there may be some people on your board that know accounting firms in the area or know from being on other boards or other things that they're involved with, know firms that have that experience that are local to the area. So I think really getting that is probably the key and you know you're going to want to do a request for proposal is the best way to do it where the scope of what the organization wants is delineated in that and then given to you know several firms i don't think you want to just go to one and say you know we want you to do our audit you may want to go out to three or four and get proposals back from them where they can talk about what their experience is, how many nonprofits they do, get their peer review report. That's really important to make sure they have a good peer review report and that kind of thing.
0: Now, since you mentioned boards, let me let me go in that direction for a minute because I'm wondering when, because we, we just talked about this uh, on an episode not too long ago, when you're putting a board together, is it a good idea maybe to find someone as a prospective board member who has these kind of skills maybe even might be a CPA themselves that can steer the the nonprofit in the right direction.
1: I think that's a great idea if you can find the person. You definitely want at least your treasurer to have a finance background or be a CPA and if you can find someone that has nonprofit experience that's the golden ticket right there.
0: Yeah, that is a great idea. So what is the board's role when a nonprofit is audited?
1: The board is in charge of governance of the organization, right? So they set the tone for kind of what the audit needs to look like. And they're they're responsible for the strategic direction of the organization. Mm-hmm. And they're responsible for the accountability, including the financial reporting. And, you know, I've seen boards heavily involved and boards not involved. So I think the the best for the organization is if you have a audit or finance committee that kind of drives that um, would be the best for the organization.
0: Right. Who is responsible for the audit process? Is it is it the board? Is it the executive director? Who's responsible?
1: Usually it's management, the executive director, the CFO or controller um, is the primary point person for the actual performance of the audit procedures. Um, we do a lot with the executive directors as well in terms of Interviewing to understand where the mission of the organizations are going, what are the controls related to various things that the executive director is responsible for.
0: You mentioned earlier that a good time for a nonprofit to think about an audit is when they're going after grants. Would you suggest that they have that in their back pocket before they start going for grants or during the grant process? When, when should they start really considering, hey, we might need to do an audit?
1: If they're thinking about going for grants, let's say the next year, and you think the grant requires an audit, then you want to get it the year before so that you have it ready to go when you apply for the grant. You want to make sure you look at what the timing is so that You know, you can look at when that grant might be due so that you can make sure the audit can get performed before.
0: Are there certain types of grants that would require an audit more than others?
1: Usually, if you're going for a federal or state grant, that will require an audit. Sometimes the smaller foundation grants that you apply for won't require it. It might help you, though, get the grant if you have the audit. It may give you kind of a leg up on someone else that's applying.
0: So in other words, if it's a small kind of local grant, but you're providing as much as you can, including an audit, they may look more favorably on it. Yes. We're gonna take a short break. And when we come back, we're gonna talk more about how your nonprofit should select an auditing firm. We're gonna talk about the ins and outs of that selection process. And we'll prepare you for your audit so that you'll remain calm. Again, that is our key word today, it's calm. You're listening to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. I'm Joe Turner, we'll be right back. Major gifts are the ultimate source of funding for nonprofits. They can help fulfill your mission and achieve your vision. Having a strong major gifts program should be a priority, but where do you begin? The best place to start is with Sukup Strategic Solutions. We create transformational change by working collaboratively to raise funds. Our fundraising consultants will assess your organization's fundraising capacity and develop a plan that serves as a blueprint for your fundraising success. Visit our website today at SukupStrategicSolutions.com and schedule a free consultation today. That's S-O-U-K-U-P, SukupStrategicSolutions.com. When it comes to major gifts, The effort you put in can make all the difference, and Sukup's strategic solutions can help. Welcome back to ImpactAbility, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Joe Turner. We are speaking with our guest, Amy Cooper, about what you should have in place at your nonprofit when it comes time for an audit. How to remain calm through the whole process. Now, Amy, you've been helping nonprofits for a long time prepare for an audit. You've walked through the process many times, I'm sure. So can you share with us like one example of what a client did to make their audit process a smooth one.
1: Yes. So to make it smooth is really to keep engaged and look at what the list is that we're asking for, or any auditor is asking for, and basically just go down the list and do all of the items. And the biggest part is the scheduling of the, when the actual audit work is performed and making sure all the items on the list are finished and you're ready for the auditor when it's time that will make the process go very smooth on both sides.
0: Yeah. Now what about the other side of the coin where they probably should have done a little bit more homework first?
1: Yeah. And, it, you know, that's a challenging one on our side, too, and probably any auditor because scheduling is always very tight in terms of where the staff need to be. And, ha- you know, when we pick the week that's going to be the audit, it needs to go that week or else it really messes up everything. So if the client's not prepared and we go in and try to start and it's very clear they're not prepared, then we're likely going to pull back out of the field work and then that's just going to cause delays. So really to be prepared is the most important thing.
0: Yeah. What happens after the audit? I mean, what are the next steps? It's not over just yet, is it?
1: No. So we'll draft the financial statements and any other of of the communications that we do. An audit includes a communication to governance and a communication related to internal control. So we draft all those, give those to management, and then depending on the organization, they normally will pass that to the treasurer or to the full board to look over. Sometimes they want to meet with the auditor. Sometimes they don't. In, in our firm, every one of our audits goes to a second partner review. So we go through second partner review, and that's just part of our quality control on our side. And that's important for people to keep in mind is you want to make sure that the, the firm you choose has good quality control as well. So once the board reviews and approves the audit, there's a management representation letter that usually the board treasurer or the board president and the executive director and the whoever the finance person is, whether it's a controller or a CFO sign. And that's just all of management's representations to the auditor in terms of what's included in what we did, what they told us, that kind of thing. Then once that's finished and signed, then we issue everything and they get either electronic copies or bound copies, whichever, you know, the client might prefer.
0: What are some questions that a nonprofit should ask the auditors after the audit?
1: Probably some of the most important things are to, to look at the internal control communication and to ask questions if there are significant deficiencies or material weaknesses that are written up in the letter and the board to understand where did the comments come from? What has management done to correct them? And really get to the root of those because you wanna take care of those and get those corrected.
0: And are there things that you can ask that will make future audits a lot easier?
1: I think after you go through the first year with a client, the auditor is going to have a good understanding of what they're capable of doing and really looking at that. And, you know, we're very appreciative when an organization invests in their accounting staff. There are some organizations that are just very small. And so it makes it more challenging because they can't, they just don't have the financial resources to employ maybe a degreed accountant. So they do the best that they can. And that sometimes makes an audit a little bit more challenging.
0: Yeah. Should a nonprofit make the audit information available to the public?
1: Normally, I see that it is available to the public. Sometimes organizations will put it on their website. More often, I see that the 990 is what's made public because it's required to be.
0: Right. Now, I know this is kind of outside of your expertise, but do you think that this kind of information is something that a prospective donor might be interested in?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, GuideStar and Charity Navigator, most organizations upload their audit there. Those two organizations directly pull 990s from the IRS. So they already get that. You don't have to publish it yourself there. And then a donor is able to look there if it's not available from the organization.
0: Can you give us some steps that a nonprofit who might be listening and thinking about, they've never done an audit before. It's probably time that they should do one. Give us some steps that a nonprofit should take to prepare for the audit. I mean, A, B, C, D
1: the biggest thing is really look at what is going to get audited so the most important thing is to make sure you have support for all the items on the balance sheet that you're reconciling your donor database to the general ledger because a lot of times those don't interface that you just got your financial situation in order you know you've got support for your bank reconciliation you've got the depreciation schedules and accounts payable listing, just everything really on the balance sheet is going to be key in terms of getting ready for an audit. And then also the donor information and reconciling that because your auditor will almost always test contributions and that kind of thing.
0: So in other words, remain calm. Yes. I have to be honest, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. I thought this would be kind of a heavy topic and I'm glad that we got into this, but it just sounds to me like what you're saying is, is don't worry, but just have everything in order, get us everything. And your auditor is working with you. They're not working against you.
1: 100%. Yes, that's how I approach it. And I like to work with my clients all year long so that they feel free to call if there's an accounting question or a new accounting standard maybe coming into play or something like that. We all would much rather help up front than do a gotcha at the end because I don't like to do that.
0: Yeah. And if you've worked with them and I'm sure you get to know them along the way, you kind of prepare them so that there is no gotcha moments. Right. This has been great, Amy. I think you've kind of cleared up a lot of concerns that our listeners might have in terms of an audit, especially, again, for those who, they're starting to grow, the nonprofit is getting bigger, and they're thinking, okay, we've got to start going for some bigger grants, and let's get an audit done, and... Again at the beginning of our program we we're talking about how it's it's not a bad word it's a good word if you just do your homework and you get you get someone like Amy who's a who's a really good auditor to work with you yes Amy thank you so much for clearing all this up thank you for your information we so appreciate it uh,
1: thank you so much I really appreciate the opportunity to be a part of this
0: Thanks so much take care. <laughs> Time now for another edition of Coach's Corner. This is where we take your questions, your concerns, your issues that you're having right now at your nonprofit, and we ask our impact coaches your question and get some answers for you. But the only catch, of course, is they only have five minutes to answer your question. Now, today's impact coach is Cheryl Sukup, president of Sukup Strategic Solutions. And Cheryl, this is really great timing because of the conversation we just had with Amy. The question today is, I'm dreading our upcoming audit, How can I make the prep work easier on me and my team? Now in Coach's Corner, Cheryl, you only have five minutes to answer the question, and your five minutes begins right now.
2: Thank you very much, Joe. So this is a great question. I myself have been an executive director for multiple organizations and thus responsible for the audit for those nonprofits. And I can definitely relate to feeling the dread of the upcoming audit. So I have a few tips and tricks that I learned over time, And uh, by the end of my tenure as an executive director, I really had a system down that made preparing for the audit really super easy. So I wanted to share those things today. So the first thing is to really uh, take a look at your financial policies and procedures. When you're getting ready to do your audit, it's probably not the best time because some of the things that the financial policies and procedures can help you do You know, Having those in place far prior to the actual audit is going to be what helps you, but it's never too late to take them out, dust them off, and take a look at what you actually have as policies and procedures. For internal controls, I think um, making sure just in general you have great separation of duties, that's one really important thing. And thinking about how you handle all your financial materials, all of your data, your information, your records, is going to go a long way towards making your audit a, an easy process for you as the executive director or your team members, whoever's handling your financial accounting work inside your organization. The second thing I would say is um, board meeting minutes. So your, um, your auditor is going to ask for all of your board meeting minutes for the year in question. And you're really going to want to take a look at those and make sure that, uh, that they're all complete, that they've been approved, by the board, and that any discussions in them are properly recorded. So getting into the practice of reviewing your board meeting minutes and making sure as the executive director that they have the appropriate information in them that reflects what happened at the meetings is a good practice in general. If you keep your board meeting minutes very organized and in a place digitally that's easy to access, it'll be very fast, very quick to pull all 12 months worth of Uh, Board meeting minutes. Uh, I'd like to have you think about your bookkeeping practices. Who does your bookkeeping? Is it a volunteer that takes care of that for you? Is it an intern who's maybe in accounting classes at at the the local college? Or do you have a CPA that is either doing your bookkeeping or overseeing that that work for you? If you don't have somebody who is a professional bookkeeper who is trained and, and supervised by a CPA, You might want to have a CPA take a look at your books prior to having your auditor look, because once the auditor gets the information, you can't go back and fix it. They're going to have to ding you on that in your audit. So what you want to do is um, make sure that prior to entering the the audit agreement with your local auditing firm, you want to make sure that you are um, having somebody review your uh, financial statements, your bookkeeping, um, and in particular, if there's if there are any transactions or entries, journal entries that are really complicated, make sure that you have somebody take an extra look at those. Like for in for example, if you have a complicated transaction where real estate was purchased or sold, that might be a case where you know there's financing and maybe there was cash used as well, and you have to allocate. Different parts of the transaction to either, you know, as assets and some things as expenses. You might want to have somebody take a look at those beforehand so that you catch any mistakes prior to your auditor seeing them. Next, I want to say something more about storage of your financial data. So you're going to have electronic records and you're going to maybe have paper records as well. It's a really good practice to make sure that all of your financial records, anything having to do with financial transactions, are carefully stored in a very organized fashion so that you can pull that information later. So some of the things you're you're going to need are any contracts for any, um, any grants that you have where you've signed a contract and you have an agreement, a grant agreement, a funding agreement of some kind, you're going to need to produce those. You're going to have to provide some documentation depending on what what your auditor is going to test when they're doing their field work, what what kinds of things might they want to pull? Well, they're going to probably pull things that, you know, have a pretty big financial impact on your organization. They're probably not going to ask you to pull the receipt for a roll of stamps, but they might ask you to pull a receipt for payment that was made to a vendor for a significant amount of money that is connected to grant funding also cancel checks that they ask you to pull for them. Um, And if you are providing these to your funder anyway, as a matter of practice, you probably have good clean records. But if your funder is not asking you to produce those records for them and your auditor does, do you have quick and easy access to them? Are your records for your purchases related to a particular grant stored in the same folders that you store your grant reports and your grant information and your grant application and your grant contract for that particular funding. And then finally, I want to just make a, a quick statement about an audit committee. S- some organizations have an audit committee as well as a finance committee. And if you have both, you really should have w- at least one member of the audit committee that is not on your finance committee. And an audit committee can really help you as an executive director, And also help any staff that you have that are doing your accounting or handling your finances, because they can bring expertise that you don't have already internally. And they're also an extra set of eyes that can take a look at things for you. And these might be people in your community that maybe it's a CPA from another firm that's not your audit firm. It could be somebody who is a a CFO or um, a finance director for a a local company that has a lot of expertise in in budgeting and and, uh, financial transactions and financial statements, it just would be really great to have other people take a look at your financial policies and procedures and your bookkeeping practices, review certain journal entries, and generally help you prepare for the audit. In addition, they're going to be the people that will likely First receive a copy of your audit and be able to go through it with you when when the draft comes back to you and they'll be able to help you form the right questions things maybe you wouldn't even think of it's good to have a group of people thinking about how could this information in this audit impact us negatively? And is there anything in here that we can explain or change or clarify for the auditor so that we have the best looking audit possible for those that are reviewing it and making judgments about our organization and its financial health? So that's it, Joe, just a few tips and tricks from the point of view of a former executive director.
0: That's great stuff, Cheryl. And uh, hopefully today, by the end of our program, a lot of folks who are thinking about, "Uh uh-oh, I'm going to get an audit, maybe they're feeling a little bit less stressed. So thank you so much for being our impact coach today on Coach's Corner.
2: Thanks, Joe. And good luck with the audit.
0: If you've got a question for Coach's Corner, we want to hear from you. Email them to us at impactcoaches at impactability.net. Again, that's Impact coaches at impactability.net. And if you want to reach me, my email address is joe.turner at impactability.net. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app. And that way you'll get new episodes downloaded just as soon as they come out. Also, please give us a review or a rating so that your peers in the nonprofit industry can find us as well. I'm Joe Turner. Thanks for listening. And thank you for all you do to make the world a better place through your nonprofit.